Oh, hey, it's Tina Constant here, and welcome to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's been another pretty weird week, but we'll take it. <laughs> All the jibber jabber is at the end. So we're leaping right into this week's story, which is called The Oldest of the Lost Souls. Now, there was a time when the line between the living and the dead wasn't so definite as it is now or so hard to live with. If we look back on it, it'd be strange, maybe even frightening, but way back then it was perfectly normal. Spirits didn't go away in a hurry. One day you'd be having breakfast with the person you love and then something would happen to that physical being, whether it's an accident or something else, and the next day you'd be having breakfast with a soul. The person you loved would tell you exactly what happened and you would laugh or commiserate and then you would talk about other things. And after a while the soul would say goodbye like someone going on a voyage might. They would say something like, see you later. <laughs> because that was the truth. And off that soul would go. They would unlock their own personal moonbeam and they would walk the bridge to the other side. It was a peaceful and a happy transition between two very real states. The thing to remember here is that the soul would unlock their own personal bridge. The key wasn't anything tangible, it was a state of being. A soul had to be ready to cross. Until that happened, the bridge would remain sealed. Now no one thought anything of it because no one ever came to their bridge unprepared. That's just how things were. But then, for the first time in all time, an event happened that shook the world. It all started with Ashka and Morin. They were twins. They were inseparable from the day of their birth. Where you found one, you would find the other. And people, well, they found it delightful. <laughs> The oracle of their village, however, did not. You must, in the end, walk the bridge alone, the oracle said, and encouraged the girls to find separate joy and individual paths. But no matter what Ashka and Morin did, they kept finding themselves face to face and hand in hand. With the oracle looking on, the girls grew from toddlers to children to teens to adults, all the way where you saw one, you saw the other. Naturally, as they grew, their interests turned to relationships and grown-up things, and the oracle, always the optimist, hoped that finally the twins would find their own way. But they didn't. They saw the same boy at the same time, and they both fell in love. The boy's name was Samil. Now, you know what happens when people are inseparable. They adore and hate each other in equal measure. Perhaps these feelings are so strong because they know that no matter what they do and no matter what they say, the connection between them is unbreakable. So when the twins both fell in love with Samil, they were like two jaguars in a pit. They clawed and scratched and bit and fought to see who would back down. They fought so hard that they didn't notice the damage they were doing to themselves and the people around them. This carried on until something wholly unexpected happened. One day, despite their fighting, Ashka and Morin were having breakfast together. On the next day, Ashka was having breakfast with Morin's soul. Well, 
In shock and horror, Ashka went looking for Morin's physical being and found her body broken into a hundred pieces at the bottom of a cliff. The sisters stared at each other, one in this world and one on the edge of the other. How had this happened? Had Ashka been so blinded with fury that she had thrown her sister off the cliff without even knowing it? Ashka denied it. She would never, she could never do that. Well, Morin said, I didn't jump. And so their whole fight began again. With growing concern, the oracle watched, because here's something else you might not know. When a soul leaves a physical body, they're one step closer to pure nature. A soul without the confines of a body can harness the wind and the rain and the very earth itself. It's how they connect and cross the bridge, you see. When a soul passes quietly, it touches the earth in gentle ways. It grows meadows and forests and green grass and fresh snow. It lets doves loose in the sunlight and it makes music. But if the passing is not natural, then the soul reaches its hands into nature and pulls on storm clouds and thunder, blasting lightning and setting fires. So it was with Morin. The people in the land hid in their houses and in caves and in any shelter they could find. The oracle begged the twins to separate and forgive and walk their own paths. No! boomed Morin from the middle of a boiling lake. I want some ill. Oh, well, the young man that both of these women loved froze in horror and didn't dare come out of hiding. Peace must be made, the oracle demanded, and with that she lit her own fire. Then using all of her forces and power, she brought Ashka and Morin and Samil to the circle. I told you from the start of your lives, the oracle said, that you must walk your own paths. When two beings walk identical paths, there will always come times when that path becomes too narrow. One must go ahead, the other must stay behind. Now is such a time. You will break the world with your fury if you do not let go of this fight. Then the oracle turned to Samil and took his hand. Now, Samil, I will look into your heart and you will choose one or the other. And before Samil could pull his hand away, the old oracle, stronger than she looked, gripped his palms and his mind. And in the flames before them, Samil's deepest desires played out. It showed him hiding behind trees as a young boy, watching Ashkar. It watched him hiding behind the barn as a teenager, watching Ashkar. It watched him peering into windows, always watching Ashkar. Finally, it showed him sneaking up behind Morin on the edge of the great cliffs and pushing her over. I was protecting Ashkar, Samil cried out when the truth danced in the flames before his very eyes. Well, in that moment, Ashkar and Morin 
joined hands. Their hearts connected, their souls bonded, and their devotion and love for each other sealed in the presence of that power. The fire went out, and the rain stopped. The wind stilled. The sisters studied Samil like vipers would a mouse. Ashka reached out and gripped Samil's heart in her hand. Murin reached and gripped his soul, and the sisters wrenched them apart. They put Samil's beating heart in a box and threw it into the ocean, leaving his soul unprepared and unhinged, with no way to find a moonbeam and unlock his bridge. Then face to face and hand in hand, Ashka and Marin spent nine days walking the meadows, talking their secrets and laughing at their foolishness. On the tenth day, they joined the oracle for breakfast, face to face, hand in hand, and soul to soul. With peace between them, they said goodbye to the oracle and unlocked their moonbeams and they walked the bridge together. Samil watched this from the middle of the ocean, where, somewhere far beyond his reach, his beating heart kept him tethered. He cried out for Ashka, but she didn't hear him. He begged forgiveness from Morin, but she ignored him. He pleaded for mercy from the oracle, but the old woman turned her back. Samil dived into the ocean and he screamed. The vibration of his anger and his distress was so immense that he shook the seas around the world, causing waves and swells so high that they still crash against the rocks today. So now to the present time. It's been a long, long time since those early days when the living and the dead held hands and said goodbye with full and open hearts. The turmoil and the unrest in the ocean spread fear through humanity, you see. And gradually, as people passed, they didn't linger. They said quiet goodbyes from a distance and they left in a hurry in case Samil tried to hijack their moonbeam and chase after Ashka and Morin. So, now you know. When you stand at the ocean with high winds and waves crashing around you, know that it is Samil looking for his heart. And if you've lost a soul that you love, and can feel them and hear them even though you can't see them, know that they are loving you back and saying, I will see you later, before they unlock their own personal moonbeams and walk the bridge to the other side. There you go. It's a strange and peaceful little story all in one. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) So, makes it more important to just love the people in your world, but also know that you are walking your own unique and individual and spectacular path. So, hey, drop round to the fireside if you fancy. If you aren't getting weekly emails from me with little bits about storytelling and other shenanigans, then uh, go to www.tinaconstant.com That's constant with a K. And um, 
I'd love to see you there. Okay. Uh, with that said, <laughs> have a spectacular week. Have a beautiful week. Do something special. Make a new friend. Make a new connection. Heal a connection that's broken, maybe. I don't know. And I will see you next week for more wild shenanigans from the Wolf of the Universe. <laughs> bye bye now. <laughs>